0: So many teachers, they like teaching, but they just burn out. And it's to refill their cup so and give them strategies so that burnout doesn't happen. That's what I want in the long run for them, so that, so that burnout doesn't happen and they stay in the profession, especially if they love it.
1: Welcome to Hashtag Life. I'm your host, Victoria Wong, a retired kindergarten teacher, aspiring nomad, and lover of honest and open conversations. This podcast is dedicated to giving teachers a platform to share their stories, and in doing so, create a community where educators feel empowered, can support each other, and together improve the health and sustainability of teachers, one honest conversation at a time. That was Leanne Zizikos. She's an educator I connected with from Australia, and she's also the founder of Teachers Retreats, an organization that takes female educators on a relaxing, restorative retreat to the island of Bali. I loved learning more about Leanne's experience in the Australian educational system. Sadly enough, though, our conversation seemed to confirm that educator sustainability is a universal issue and that teachers all across the world are struggling. I left this conversation more motivated to talk to teachers outside of the U.S., but more importantly, dreaming of attending one of Leanne's retreats in Bali over a summer. Hey, Leanne, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Victoria? Good. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, So what time is it right now in Australia? At 8 a.m. Sunday morning. Oh, wow. It's early. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, Well, I've been trying to start off every single episode by asking you guys, what are five words that you would use to describe yourself?
0: Wow. That's difficult. Five words. I would say uh, happy. Okay. I'd also say friendly, outgoing, caring. Uh, optimistic.
1: Awesome, I love those. Um, and you are an educator in Australia, is that correct? That's right, yes. So, where in Australia do you live?
0: I live in Adelaide, Australia, set in South Australia, the state of mm-hmm. South Australia. It's the capital city of South Australia. Very small, probably about a million people live here.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you lived there your whole life?
0: No, I was born and grew up in Melbourne, Australia. Then for about nearly four years, I lived in London and then moved back to Melbourne and my husband moved to Adelaide for work. So we all
1: came over. Mm -hmm. And have you taught the whole time that you've lived in Adelaide? How long have you been teaching?
0: No, I've been teaching six years only. I had a life before teaching.
1: What was that life so, like?
0: <laughs> it was great. I was a travel agent. Okay. So I've traveled the world pretty much and always wanted to teach but decided that um, traveling sounded a much better option at the time. So I did that and then later on after I had kids, while they were young, I went back to uni and finished my teaching degree and then, mm. then have been teaching since.
1: Yeah, I've always heard of people leaving teaching And then moving into another field. But I haven't really met that many people who worked for a long time in another field and then decided to transition into teaching. So, what made you decide to do that?
0: I always wanted to be a teacher. So, I did um, a degree to start with, and then I needed money one summer. So, there was a job going at Qantas, and I took it thinking that would only be for the summer. I'd go back to uni, finish my teaching degree and I never went back. So finally, I decided that I would, I had the time, I had the means, kids were small, um, and I could do it. So I did. So I went back to teaching. I went back, well, I went back and finished my degree. It, it had changed a lot then though, I had to do a master's. And yeah, did it, I've all, because I've always wanted to teach. But it is hard going back and doing it the other way around. I can understand teaching and then leaving. But to do something else than going into teaching, it is quite difficult.
1: Why, why is it so difficult?
0: Because you lose your autonomy. When you're working at, in the private sector, you, well, in travel anyway, you do have a lot of aut- autonomy. You can make decisions on your own and your knowledge is worth something. I don't know, teaching doesn't feel quite like that. It feels a bit more institutionalized than than that. I still like it. Um, But it probably isn't, because I've had other experiences, it probably isn't what I thought it was going to be.
1: And what is it that you thought it was going to be? I've talked to a lot of people who have always wanted to be a teacher, and I think I was the same way where we had this ideal vision of what teaching it was going to look like and it was all beautiful and happy yeah. and rainbows and yeah, unicorns, unicorns everywhere running. yeah exactly but then you walk into the classroom and you're like no <laughs> this it's isn't it. it yeah what did you think it's it was not- going to be like yeah rainbows and unicorns um I think I
0: probably thought that it was going to be all the kids were going to do what you wanted them to do Um, like I did, I was probably, I was, I was a goody two shoes at school and I was a good student. I did what was asked of me. And I just assumed wrongly that all the kids would be the same and they're not. (laughs) And I Mm -hmm. suppose I thought too, I didn't realize there was going to be so much accountability and data collection. Basically it's data collection. I didn't think there'd be quite so much of that.
1: And, And um, sorry, go on.
0: Well, that's probably been one of the things that's been the hardest to come to terms with is all of the paperwork that comes with teaching that takes away from teaching.
1: Mm-hmm. And what grades were you teaching?
0: I was doing um, special needs class. so they And they were small. They were like five to eight-year-olds in the special needs. Most of them had... Well, Most of them were on the spectrum, not all of them. So you've got a class of yeah special needs kids. Then I was also doing um, supply teaching, relief teaching, sub- substitute teaching, depending on where in the world you are. And from there, I would do anywhere in primary school. So you do from five-year-olds to 13-year-olds.
1: Okay. So you've, you've worked with a wide variety of kids then?
0: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have. And, and then um, having my kids helps as well.
1: Yeah. How, how many kids do you have?
0: two, two teenagers. Oh. So 15 and
1: 13. Yeah. Is it a good age to go through?
0: <laughs> uh, not really. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, mm-hmm. they're actually pretty good kids compared to some of the ones I teach. Yeah. They're pretty good.
1: Yeah. I guess you become more grateful for your own children when you have <laughs> had so many other students in your classroom. <laughs> absolutely yes mm-hmm. um, so I know absolutely nothing about the Australian education system so I was just curious I know you said that you've kept up with education in the US the last time we spoke what are some common issues that come up within the Australian education system
0: you mean the Australian and the American
1: um, no, just just, just in, Australia in Australia in general what are some things that you guys are struggling with
0: uh, data collection, standardised testing, um, they're, the, they're the big ones, um, work-life balance, you know, um, what you're expected to do, um, and, yeah, pretty much the same issues, I think. Um, money, of course, in the class, although I think we're better funded than you are in the States. Um, but, you know, people, you have a budget and often it will run out and you're always buying stuff from your own pocket you know in classrooms all the time that's a given I mean I don't know any other one any other work that does that where you have to buy your own supplies Um, they're the main ones but often it is the work-life balance and it's also for a lot of people on on a lot of the sites here it's um, guilt it's guilt for that you put so much time and effort into teaching and preparing and stuff that you're taking away from your own family. So it, it cuts into all your quality time at home.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a,
0: that's a bit, pretty big issue here. And tired. There's no, no tired like teacher tired.
1: <laughs> all of that sounds very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just the universal struggle of teaching. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is. It, but it shouldn't be like that. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the whole thing. It shouldn't really be like that.
1: Yeah. But it is. And so you mentioned there is that guilt of, you know, balancing teaching and then also quality time with your family. And you do have two children. Is that something that you experienced when you started teaching?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because especially as a new teacher, new grad, you the amount of work that you have, the amount of time you have to put in to do your lesson plans is a lot more than if you're an experienced teacher. Once you're experienced, you know where to go to look for things. You know what you're doing more, so it takes less time. I'm not saying it's easy then, because it's not, but it does take a bit less time. So, it, it, yeah, it took a lot of time. So, and I couldn't, I could never switch off. I can ne- teaching in a classroom, you can't switch off. So you, even on the weekends, always in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I could be doing this, I could be doing that for kids, you know, I could be planning this, I should be doing that, rather than doing stuff I want to do
1: mm-hmm. and did that impact your family and your relationship with your children
0: yeah it did yes um because I was wasn't around they were always at before school care after school care um I dropped them off at you know 7 30 in the morning and wouldn't pick them up until five that has an impact on kids uh, that mm-hmm. long care so they're at school you know care in the morning and afternoons and then at school all day it's a long day for them Still, it's a long day for everybody um, but, yeah, it does. I okay. didn't like it much.
1: Were you able to find a balance between that or was that kind of a consistent problem throughout your teaching career? Um,
0: consistent problem until they got old enough to come home, straight home after school. Um, but until then, yeah, it was a problem because it was just really hard. I was always thinking in the back of my mind, oh, always being split into different you know, being well, not split, being pulled in different directions, um, which is quite difficult. So, you know, you've got the pull of the kids, you've got the pull of school and, and the pull of home, and it's hard to juggle all of that. It's, it's hard to keep everything in the air and not, not drop something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's also the fact that you also have your own needs as a person.
0: Well, addition, yeah, but they... Yeah. That's right. They don't, they're not even counted in that equation at all.
1: Yeah. Never. <laughs> <laughs> that's the
0: problem. I think yeah. that's the biggest problem, too. You, yeah, your needs get put last.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where are you now in education? What are you doing? I am now a relief teacher. So if
0: somebody's sick in different schools, I'll go in there and do the substitute for the day. That's what I'm doing now. And I'm finding without having to do all the marking and report writing that it's much better for me.
1: In what way?
0: I've got mental space to do more. Um, I've got, I'm I'm home. I don't have to stay late at school. I don't have to go early. So I'm home more with the kids. And when they've got sport, it just makes it easier then to get them, you know, drive them around because I am home. I can pick and choose the days I want to work so that if I don't want to work, I don't have to. I'm not feeling up to it. I don't do it. Um, It's that kind of. Because you are, because you are a um, relief teacher, you don't have the responsibilities of as a, of a classroom teacher, and that makes things a lot easier. Mm. Me- for me, anyway, mentally for me, it makes it a lot easier for me.
1: Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Like, what prompted you to transition out of full time teaching into, I guess, part time through relief teaching?
0: My mental health. Um, was going through tough times and I just couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. I simply couldn't do it anymore. When you wake up in the morning and you really don't want to go to school and you have to go because you're the teacher. But I felt like that. I, just, I was dreading going to school each day mm-hmm. and it was really hard. So I had to get out. I knew then I had to get out. And I think because I did have the idealised, you know, rainbow and unicorns View of school and what being a teacher would be like, and it just was not like that, so to I had to get i had to go and relief teaching for me is so much better because i don't have that responsibility and i don't have to dread going in mm-hmm.
1: Do you have any examples of some of those hard days that you experienced
0: uh, yes um Sitting there during my knit time, non-instructional time, the kids were, I don't know where, music or PE or something, and sitting in the classroom and crying, that was pretty hard. And then you mm-hmm. have to try and pull yourself together then when, for when the kids come back.
1: But that was tough. Was there something specific that had made you cry or that had made you feel so dreadful, I guess?
0: no no that's the whole thing it was nothing specific because they're a gorgeous group of kids it was just the overwhelm of stress and I just didn't have any way to get rid of it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's one way I got rid of a little bit of it
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so it was it was difficult and I knew then I had to get out and then when I was starting to get angry at the kids and it wasn't them that was not good for them either
1: no, I completely relate to that. I've definitely been in a similar headspace, I guess, where you get to work and, you know, I've gotten there and just looked around and just started crying. I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to be here. <laughs> it's like Absolutely, 7 a.m. Yeah. And you're like, I've got 10 more hours to go. And it is a, it's a really hard cycle to be in when you are in that headspace and you can feel yourself ge- getting irritated with your students when they're not doing anything wrong. And like for me, it, I would be catching myself getting upset at like all these little five-year-olds who are trying their best to please me and do their best. And I'm just like, you're not quiet enough. You're not doing this right. And it's not their fault. So then it's a cycle because then you start getting angry at yourself and upset at yourself thinking, oh, I'm such a horrible teacher for treating them this way. And that just makes it worse. That's
0: right. Then you get into that negative
1: self-talk spiral and you just go downhill from there. And it's Mm -hmm.
0: it's really hard to get out of when you feel like that. Really yeah, hard.
1: Exactly. What are some of the negative things that you would say to yourself when, on those days? Oh,
0: I shouldn't be teaching. I'm a terrible teacher. Uh, I'm no good at this. I'm no good at anything. Um, I just want to go home and sit in a dark room and do nothing. That's all mm-hmm. I'm good for. You know, I should, should just run away and never see anybody again. That would be better for everybody. Things like that it was actually pretty bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a kind of negative, and you can't get out of it. That's a whole thing. It's really, really quite difficult to get out of. So I had to walk away. So I did. I had a break for about six months from teaching, and got myself back again. So that was, yeah, that was hard. And you're having a break too. You're leaving teaching too.
1: I am. I have about two more weeks, and then it's the end of the year, and then oh, wow. I'm taking a break. Mhm. Yeah. Two and weeks, now. Yeah, things are good now, you know, because the uh, year is wrapping up. we finished our end-of-year testing, so we can do fun kindergarten things yeah. <laughs> that are developmentally that's right. appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's right. like
0: finger painting. And, yeah, exactly, things.
1: things that yeah, they've never right. gotten to do, you know. Um, so right now it's a lot more fun, and I definitely feel more refreshed. But I would definitely say during the harder months of this year, I felt the exact same way, where I just absolutely dreaded coming to work And, um, I was talking to another teacher who had been through a similar experience where like you would get in your car and just hope that something would happen and, you know, you just wouldn't have to go into work. Like anything would be better than going into work, you know? Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm.
0: hard. That's really hard. When you're like that, you, you sort of know then that it's not for you at the time or you need a break because it's taking too much. It's sucking too much of your life out of you, Mm -hmm. which is what it does. But that's yeah. what, I mean, that's what teaching is because you're giving. But you have to, you have to be able to give back to yourself. You have to be able to refill your cup. Otherwise you can't keep giving and you get, yeah, then that's what, that's when the stress and the overload and overwhelm happens and you just burn out.
1: Exactly. Did you notice that that mood was kind of following you home or was it only taking place in the classroom?
0: No, following me home. Yeah. Following me home. Definitely. And because that, and I suppose that's because you feel so negative anyway, you know, you feel so bad anyway that you can't shake it. I couldn't shake it. I couldn't get rid of that um, negative, the negative feelings and negativity that was sort of all around. So yes, I was definitely taking it home. Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: was very grumpy.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard, you know, you you get home and you're so mentally drained and you've spent all day just like listening to all these kids who need you, who are asking for something and giving and giving. And I I mean, I don't have any dependents. I come home and I just take care of myself. And even that feels overwhelming. So yeah. I can't imagine <laughs> having to take care of all these kids during the day and then going home and then also having your children and your family to take care of. Mm. Yeah, it's tough sometimes. Mm-hmm.
0: So Because then you don't sort of switch off. You don't get any time then. So it just sort of, yeah, it just sort of stays there. It's like this black cloud that sits above you mm-hmm. and it doesn't go away. It just follows you around everywhere, which is the best <laughs> way I can describe it.
1: I think yeah. I a book
0: about that too.
1: Yeah, it's just a black cloud that's just over your head all the time, no matter where you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. um, so I'm curious yes. about your six months then, um, when you did take a break, what did you do during those six months to fill up your cup?
0: Just read, did some study, started a business, um, helped my husband in his business, just things that I wanted to do again. Um, Some days I I just couldn't even move. I just had to sit all day. That's how depleted I was. Um, Then then just little things like being able to take the dog for a walk and having time to do that. And not feeling rushed about doing it. Um, I did those sorts of things. I didn't do anything specific. Just all the little things that had been creeping up, you know, and I've been wanting to do but didn't have time. I tell you what, I did do read a lot because I was always mm-hmm. been a big reader, so I read. Um, visited my parents. I live in the interstate, so you know, being able to visit my parents um, that was always good. So just things like that, and not having to worry about lesson plans. And then, because I did take the break sort of over summer as well, so it was all that that summer time. So we went and visited my parents, and it was just nice. Just mm-hmm. slow. I slowed down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it seems like you were able to slow down, and in doing so, you could find those smaller moments of joy in yes, a way. So that's what you yeah. Mm-hmm. You miss
0: them when you're busy. Exactly. You can't, you can't stop and smell the roses when you're too busy. Mm-hmm. You know, you just going across them at a million miles an hour. And I wasn't doing that anymore. It was lovely. Yeah.
1: I noticed that I I remember taking one mental health day a couple months ago, more than a couple months ago. Um, And it was like 7.30. I still got up early anyway because my clock was just wired to get up <laughs> early. Um, you but I was just standing in my kitchen with a cup of coffee, looking out the window, and it was bright outside. Like the sunshine was coming in through my window and shining on me as I slowly drank my coffee. Whereas, you know, usually in the morning I'm rushing, I'm quickly grabbing my coffee and we leave before the sun is up. So at that moment, I realized that that was one of the things that I had missed so much. And it was one of those smaller moments of joy that I was so looking forward to. Like I love just being able to wake up to the sun and having to wake up every day before the sun came up and then go into a dark building with fluorescent lights and never get to see the sun was
0: taking its toll on it? me. And I hadn't even yeah. noticed.
1: Yeah. So there's no, you
0: don't have any windows in your classroom.
1: I have windows, but. If I keep them open, the students get very distracted. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I usually have to close the blinds. Otherwise, they're like, oh, yeah. look, a squirrel. Oh, look, a bird. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a bus driving by. And are just like, oh, no sunlight for me. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, actually, that is really tough. I did that in the UK when mm-hmm. I was living in London. Yeah, I'd work, I, I worked in a shopping center that was underground for British Airways. And it was the same thing. I'd get up in the dark. Go to work, it was still dark. There was no lights in there, no windows in there at all, just lights. And then when I'd leave in the afternoon, it was dark again. And that was oh. awful. So I know how yeah. you feel.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like those smaller things. You don't realize that they take a toll on you until yeah. you have them again.
0: That's mm-hmm. right, yeah. Yeah. Sitting outside when it's warm, just drinking a coffee. I love that. That's Yeah, yeah they're the small moments.
1: What are some yeah. of those other moments of joy that you – kind of rediscovered during your time out of teaching?
0: Driving the kids to school, just, you know, chatting on the way to school, those little things, because when I was working, they would be um, catching the bus, so driving them to school and chatting, which is nice. Um, sitting down, oh, it's like sitting down like you with a, with a coffee and being able to drink it. Rather than putting it in a takeaway cup and taking it with you, which is nice, um, and I, I was actually taking um, when I take the dog for a walk, taking a lot of photos of just all the people's gardens and things like that, and what's happening in people's gardens, and just noticing and the, you know the the smells of all the flowers. That was really nice, and didn't really have time to do that before I'd go f- for a quick run with the dog, and that would be it. But just walking around out there, listening to – I walked past a tennis court, listening to them play tennis, just listening to the thwack of the ball playing tennis. That was really nice too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: And then got, taking the dog down to the beach for a walk, it's mainly get, it was mainly getting out for me and doing, being able to do those things. Whereas when you're so stressed and so rushed, I would get really anxious and I couldn't do anything. Then I'd get – I'd be paralysed with anxiousness, and Mm. that's always hard. Then you don't get anything done.
1: Yeah, exactly. So just being
0: able to do for me is just being able to do just just the things around the house, and you know, just do.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely feel that. Literally, just needing to stop and smell the flowers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's it's those smaller moments that. Like when you are able to let your mind go and not focus on all the things you feel like you have to do, that's when you do start noticing the things around you, like that yeah. sound of the tennis balls and all the beautiful flowers around you. Um, yeah. I miss that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, that's, I was too. I was mm-hmm. too. And they're just small things, but that's all, it's all the things that bring you back into the present. It's that mindfulness and being present. And that's really hard when you've got so much to do and there's so many things that are taking up your mental space that you, you fight them all the time to try and take in those small moments. And sometimes it's too difficult. Sometimes its it gets really really hard and you can't do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Some people can do it easily. Some people can't. I'm just one that can't.
1: Yeah, no, that's, I think that's hard to say. That's hard for people to say where you just step back and you think, oh, maybe this just isn't the right fit. And I think that Hmm. was a hard pill to swallow for me when I had to step back and think, oh, I guess this is something that maybe I can't push through. Maybe it's just not for me. And that doesn't make me any less of a human being it doesn't make me any weaker it's just not for me like it's not something that i feel like i can do at this time Um, Mm. how did you kind of come to that conclusion for yourself
0: it took a long time to to decide that it probably not the right fit not full time for me anyway um it's hard it was just the culmination of lots of little things that just sort of piled up and piled up, and then I don't know something happened. I can't even remember what happened, but it, that was just sort of the straw that broke the camel's back, and I just sort of knew then that I couldn't I couldn't go on the way I was going on, and and that perhaps teaching isn't the right fit for me. I think it's it's um, I suppose because I've come into teaching late, and I've had a, a different career beforehand. I could go home at the end of the day knowing that I'd done everything and I'd just go home and I wouldn't have to think about it. But when you're teaching, you go home and you think about it, you're thinking about it all the time. You're thinking about it 24-7. And I think it got to the stage where my brain was so crowded that I just couldn't think about it anymore. So I knew I had to step away because I was taking up too much of my my own personal space, mm-hmm. space it should be for me, you know, for the things for me just yeah for what I want and you know what I'd like to do and I couldn't do that anymore and it was yeah it just took up too much space (laughs) but I still love teaching but it's really difficult because it's sort of um there's a lot of there's a lot of teachers in Adelaide and not enough jobs so the very often the teachers that are um doing this, the relief teaching, the substitute teaching are looking for a job. So they're really go, 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 and they're all in, whereas I'd like to take a step back. So uh, it's not saying that I'm not there and not fully present with the kids when I'm in a classroom, because I am. But it's not just taking all of the other stuff on board. I'm just not willing to do that at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though you wanted to take a break from teaching full-time, you're still relief teaching. So what yes. what kinds of joys or I guess what is pulling you still towards being in the classroom with those students when you knew that you kind of still needed a break from teaching full-time?
0: It's the relationships and the fact that you're in there with people. You're just dealing with people. I think that for me that's what the pull is. Um, I think also, too, because I, I, really, I really do like teaching. But as a full-time classroom teacher, it just takes up too much headspace. So I'm, just still, I'm still doing it but not having to take up quite so much headspace. Mm-hmm. So I'm still having, you know, the, having those meaningful relationships with kids, just not all the other stuff that goes with it, all the, all the paperwork and stuff that goes with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's I think, suits me. That suits me. I mean, I, I do miss having a class because you you build up some really good relationships with the kids, and it's it's great to do that. Um, but you still can. I just do it in a shorter space of time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, so many teachers say, "I love teaching, I love my students, but I hate." the job of being a teacher yeah. and it seems like with what you're doing you've kind of shed that all those responsibilities all the extra things that usually get in the way of teaching and you're kind of just focusing on the kids in front of you and just teaching them for that day or however many days you're with them
0: yeah yeah that's
1: Mm -hmm. exactly right and and
0: that's good it's good because yeah you're not crowded with all the other stuff that you know government and stuff puts on top of you you don't have to worry about that so Mm -hmm. much and yeah it's good I'm i am enjoying it
1: that's awesome. You figured it out. You figured out how to work the system. <laughs> yeah, for me anyway. I
0: mean mm-hmm. that doesn't suit everybody. I mean everybody's different and doesn't suit lots of people because it's it's not guaranteed work and a lot of people need that. I'm just I'm lucky enough that I it's not the main concern for me is having a wage, a full-time wage.
1: Mm-hmm. So it works. Yeah.
0: But I understand for a lot of people it wouldn't
1: so I'm interested to hear a little more about your business that you also started. Can you tell me a little more about that?
0: Yes, I started retreats for teachers who are stressed and burnt out like most of us, <laughs> who need a break um, and who need to have a bit of fun. You know what I've noticed um, going around? Even though we teachers know how to have fun, because you're working with kids all day, so you you have to be fun anyway, but there's like they seem to do it in class but not a lot outside class. So I've started a retreat where you can – the tools for stress uh, will give you – I'll give you strategies so that you can go away and use these strategies all day, every day in your class and you will be less stressful. It's not rocket science. It's mindfulness, um, which is – has been fantastic. It's just pulling your mind back into the present and being fully present. What you know with whatever you're doing, like stopping and smelling the flowers, or listening to the tennis balls, you know, or having coffee in the sun. It's actually being fully in that moment, and it's just giving you the tools to be able to do that all the time. It takes a lot of practice, it takes a lot of work, um, but you can do it. And it's just getting right away. So I host the retreats in Bali. And so it's getting right away from school and the stresses that come with that so that you can actually work on you. So we do lots of things. We get out and about and see Bali and do lots of things in Bali. But we also learn um, how to control your stress, how to not let it beat you. Um, we eat lots. We shop. We swim because it's hot and sunny there all the time. So it's, it's wonderful. And we just get away. And. Um, pretty much, have fun. That sounds amazing. It, it is actually. Mm-hmm. The, the Balinese live very mindfully, so it's quite easy to. You get there, and I'm, my stress is gone almost as soon as I'm off the flight, because they are so at peace with themselves. And I really like that, and I think we can learn a lot from them. So we do um, we do some work with the Balinese around you know their spiritual beliefs and how that helps them and just trying to think what else we do we do do a lot it's it's more like a one week break with other teachers who are going through exactly the same as you so you can all bitch about and commiserate about it together and then we get out and do some fun stuff Mm. so we do a ropes course we do um a bike ride through rice paddies Mm. we go and see um unesco heritage world listed rice paddies you know rice terraces um, we see how they live. Um, we do eat some really good food, I have to say. Um, yeah, we and basically we just have a break. And there's because you're right away from school. There's no possibility of you saying, "Oh, I'll just nip out and go into my classroom and you know just do something in my classroom over the over the break." You can't do that. So you're getting right away. For me, stepping away and taking some time out from. The physical stresses, you know, taking – sorry, stepping outside physically helps me deal with them better as well because you're looking at it from a different angle. You're looking at it from a distance. You're not there immersed in it so you can then work on you because they're not there. Those stresses aren't there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that's what we do.
1: So how did you come up with this idea?
0: Just that teachers need a break, um, a timeout, and that's and, and Bali is my go-to place for you know, a holiday, for a vaca, for a vacation. So for me, it was easy to do it there, and with all my travel knowledge, it was easy for me to put it together there as well. I just feel completely relaxed when I'm in Bali, so it's easy then to transfer that that relaxation and put it into something else, because I, I always come back. Actually, one of the teachers at school said, oh, you should do retreats there because I always go to Bali and I always come back relaxed. So they always say, oh, we need a bit of that too. So I thought, oh, I'll give it a go and put it all together. So I've done a whole lot of mindfulness. We do some meditation, a bit of yoga, oh, and we have lots of massages, work out those physical stress out of the body so that you come back relaxed. Mm -hmm. and ready for anything ready for the
1: school year (laughs) (laughs) which is is basically preparing yourself for anything (laughs) anything possible yeah Mm. exactly so that's what I do yeah yeah so how long how many of those retreats have you hosted how long have you been doing that I've only just started
0: I've got my first one in September Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to it Um, I also I do host tours in Bali already this is part of you know, doing something for me, I host shopping tours in Bali because the the shopping for, you know, homewares and furniture is really good. So I already do take groups to Bali. So taking another group to Bali for something different, it's still like, you know, the same kind of thing but just in a different guise. And it's all come out of what I've needed to make me feel better and now I'm going to give that what I know to other people and – so they feel better too. Yeah, so, that's awesome. So the first one. So the – so far I've got one in September, but I've also got August as well for the Northern Hemisphere people if they want to get away.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there like all the same programming so far? Is, are the retreats going to be the same format? Similar. Not,
0: not completely the same, um, but very similar. So it'll still be the only difference will be that the people that are coming from Australia, we have to do sixty hours of professional development every three years to retain our teaching um, registration. So they will be getting some of that as well. They can put that towards their teaching registration, so they'll get a little bit of little bit of different, but as far as all the mindfulness, meditation, yoga, all the same, bike rides, hot springs massages that is all the same and
1: sunset (laughs) on the beach to die for (laughs) it's like rainy and it's been thunderstorming for the past week here and i'm like that sounds perfect i just want to lay on a beach and lay in the sun (laughs) i know it does
0: sound perfect doesn't it we're the same winter's just hit here as well and we've had thunder and lightning and hail and everything so yeah it appears to me right now too i wish i was there Mm
1: mm-hmm so I'm curious, you mentioned some strategies for, you know, reducing stress and helping teachers throughout the school day. What are some examples of the things that you guys work on?
0: One of the things that, that is quick um, is what everyone says, take a deep breath, but you just take three deep breaths right down into your belly. Because when you when you take really deep breaths and completely expand your diaphragm, you actually do, it slows the heart rate down and you do stop and you do relax and they're really good it's also a buffer you know it gives you that 10 seconds or whatever to think about to to calm yourself down as well but take the deep breath and just you know in as my husband always says you know in with love out with anger so but it's the actual physical expansion of the diaphragm and the breath that slows everything down and keeps you a little bit less stressed that's yeah. always a good one. And there's also like a five-minute body scan. So if you've got five minutes at all, you just sit and you go through, start at your, at your feet and you go through and you consciously relax your body, consciously relax all of the muscles in your body. That's another good one. You can do that in five minutes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you don't have to do it when it's quiet or anything. You can do it anywhere. As long as you can just sort of think about your body, you can do it. You could probably do it if you're reading a story to the kids. <laughs> You can still, you can still consciously relax your body. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, those are great. I will try those out within the next two weeks and see how they work. (laughs) And it's funny because I mean, those sound familiar because those are strategies that we teach our students. Like we teach them to take Mm. deep breaths when they're upset Mm. or when they're feeling a lot of emotions, we teach them to be mindful and aware of their bodies. But for some reason we don't take the time to do it for ourselves. We're, no. you know, we're preaching all of this stuff to our kids and telling them it's so important to be mindful, but teachers aren't really doing it for themselves.
0: That's right. And, and you know how you always see um, all the memes that come up and all the things you hear about teaching. Students do what you do, not what you say. So we teach the kids that, and then we wonder why they're not taking it in. And it's because we're not doing it, and we need a refresher course And we need to be reminded why we should do it as well because it's not just for us. I mean, it is, but that has the flow-on effect then to your students. And I notice that because I can get really quite excited in the classroom and I speak loudly, and I notice that when I sit still and speak quietly, the kids are much quieter as well. It's a much quieter classroom. Mm -hmm. So what you do, they take in. And I was actually reading an article the other day that the – happier and less stressed teachers are in the classroom, the better educational outcomes for those students. They've done a whole lot of studies and longitudinal studies apparently. I haven't read all of the articles yet. Um, But they've done some longitudinal studies about that. So we need to do that. If we care for our kids, we need to look after ourselves first Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so that we can then, yeah, we, we can model what, I mean, they always say we have to model. So we have to model what we want them to learn. Mm -hmm. so I thought that was pretty powerful that the educational outcome was so good
1: yeah why do you think that teacher happiness I guess and sustainability hasn't really been prioritized
0: oh I think that this is just my own thoughts it's it's not Governments haven't prioritised our well-being, I think, because predominantly teaching is a female-dominated area and I think because governments are money made up of men, it's not seen as really important because we're women And, and I think that's why. And I think they devalue the whole role of teachers and I think that we need to take that back and say, well, no, we are worth it. You know, this needs to happen. And I think and and I suppose that then thing, I don't think things will change until there's the whole cohort of, you know, particular years or particular, you know, schools start to go down too far and they, they can't find the, the, you know, the people that they need to do the roles that they need to do because they haven't had enough education or that they just haven't learned enough at school. And I don't think things will change until that happens. Mm -hmm. That's just my personal opinion. I think that goes with most of the world.
1: Mm -hmm. I see where you're coming from because it is a female dominated profession and there is this culture of martyrdom within teaching. And a lot of the, I guess, professions that have the role of being a caretaker like you know being nurses doctors um, counselors teachers and so i think on top of the fact that like teachers are already considered martyrs the fact that the majority of teachers are women women are already considered caretakers and are already kind of martyrs in a way where we're expected to do everything for our children for our families like we are the caretaker's you know, of the genders. Yeah. And so yeah. it's it's yeah. like double, you know, for being a teacher and being female dominated, like we're just expected to take it. This is our job. Our yeah. job is to care selflessly and, that's right. you know, do everything that we can because that's what we exist for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what society thinks we exist for, you know?
0: Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. And I don't think that's going to change any time soon unless we all get up and say, well, no, this is not okay. You know, mm-hmm. we need the – we deserve more respect. We deserve better pay. We deserve not to be hit by students, you know, parents. We, Yeah, we deserve more respect. We do a lot. Yeah. So – but, yeah, you're right. We do have a culture of martyrdom. And it shouldn't be like that. I mean – Teaching should not be like that. It's almost like, oh, I'm more stressed than you. And and then the other person will say, no, I'm way more stressed than you. And it's, you know, they're competing to see how much work they've got to do and how stressed they are. And I don't think that's a healthy environment.
1: Mm -hmm. And I've noticed – I was just talking to another teacher about that, you know, this this competition of trying to be the one who, I guess, has it the worst. And I've noticed, like, it's definitely – Growing up with my generation and going to college and high school, like it felt like we were always in competition to see who was more tired, who was more stressed, whose mm. life was harder, and it kind of gets ingrained within our minds that if we're not struggling, then we're not working hard. In a way, like that's I think yeah. how I always felt, you know, going through college and going into my first couple years of teaching, I felt like, oh, it feels too easy. I I must be doing something wrong. Maybe I'm not doing enough. We have to keep working harder and harder because if I'm struggling, that means I'm making a difference. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with feeling happy and joyful and wanting that to happen, you know, but it's kind of, yeah, for some reason, it's just stigmatized to strive for joy and to strive for, I guess, something that you want for yourself and yourself only rather than, you know, Ooh. strive for what's the best for other people around you.
0: Well, yeah, that's right. And, mm-hmm. yeah, we sort of don't do that. And it's a whole culture of busy. You know, oh, I'm so busy. I can't do this. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And it's that whole, that whole mindset around being busy that, yeah, that's, that's tough. I mean – we, yeah, we need to stop and we need to say, well, no, it's okay not to be busy. Yeah, and it's okay not to be doing so much work. That is okay. And we don't have – yeah, we, you're right, we don't have that. There's not enough conversations around that, whereas it shouldn't be hard. It should be – I mean, teaching should be fun. Teaching should be joyful, but it's sometimes it's just not – yeah, it's just too stressful and everyone makes it even harder with all the conversation that you have. There are always negative conversations. There needs to be more positive spin. So, yeah, what yeah are, actually, are, I was ahead. going to say on, on our retreat, we talk we talk a lot about growth mindset and, and just your mindset in general and how that affects, you know, how you perceive things and how, how you look at yourself and how you look at life. And I think that's important too.
1: Mm-hmm. What are some examples of, I guess, the negative conversations that you've noticed from teachers?
0: oh, this, it's always the same, oh, I've got so much work to do, I can't get it all done, I've got, you know, 20 reports to write tonight and I'll be up till 3 a.m. doing them and they, and they are, you know, and this is, this is what they do and it's just like, well, oh, a lot of it's around behaviour as well, the negative conversations. Um, I've got this many kids in my class who are, you know, misbehaving. Oh, no, I've got this many, you know, you're lucky, you've got the good class and then the other people are going, well, no, I've got a worse class than you, all, all that kind of thing. Um, they're the they're the mainly negative ones, and, and the work life balance. Is, you know, they're all so busy, you know, just doing doing. Also busy doing teaching takes up their whole life.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what are you hoping that you know, when the teachers come on your retreat, what are you hoping that they're getting out of it, and how do you want them to feel leaving Bali?
0: I want them to feel relaxed. When they when they leave, I also want them to feel optimistic that they are okay within themselves, that they'll be able to do this. Um, I want them to to understand the strategies behind what we do, so that they can take them back with them. I'll, they'll be giving a given a take home pack as well of the strategies, so they can use them all the time to keep themselves less stressed, so that they don't burn out. I mean. So many teachers they like teaching, but they just burn out, and it's to refill their cup so and give them strategies so that burnout doesn't happen. That's what I want in the long run for them so that so that burnout doesn't happen, and they stay in the profession, especially if they love it
1: mhm yeah, absolutely and i I love the idea that you're giving them strategies to use throughout the school year because. So much of what I hear is, oh, I'm so ready for summer break. I'm ready for winter break. I'm going to do all of my relaxing and do everything that I wanted to do over the breaks. And then once I start teaching, I stop. And then it's just horrible during the school year. And it shouldn't be, you know, you only take care of yourself during your summer break. It shouldn't be you only take care of yourself, you know, when you're not actually doing teaching. Like it should come... You know, in smaller parts of the day, it should be a daily practice to take care of yourself. It should happen not just on the weekends, but in the evenings, like during your lunch period, even maybe in the middle of a lesson. And I love that you're giving teachers those strategies, like the smaller strategies that they can use throughout the day so that it's not like they're pushing themselves up to the breaking point and then finally getting a break when they need it.
0: No, that's right. Because you can't work like that. You can't have that all or nothing attitude. And if you do that, you're going to fail. So if you do small things, they're easier to implement. They're not hard to to slot into your day because they don't take up much time or room or brain space. So, you can, yeah, you can do them and it's easier then to keep doing them because they're only small things. Mm-hmm. Even just it, it's sometimes it's as simple as playing music that you love, you know, on the way to school in the car and singing at the top of your voice to it. Sometimes it's as simple as that to make you feel good and set you up for the day. And there have to be strategies that work for you as well. So some people, you know, might want to go for a 10K run. Some people might want to just, you know, sit down for a minute or meditate. It's all different. Everyone's different. But as long as you can, it's something small, you know, small bites, you can do it.
1: Yeah. Because they just like things in small chunks. You've got to chunk it. (laughs) I just kind of discovered one of the things that I wish I had discovered earlier in my teaching career, but I, now that we're done with testing and I had like an extra month and I knew I wasn't coming back. I was like, I'm going to do all the things that I wanted to do with my kids. So, um, for the past week, we've been taking a 10 minute reflection at the end of the day, um, where I just give them a piece of paper. It's quiet and they have to draw and write one thing that made them really happy and yeah. it's like a quiet time we're winding down, and then I will get the same piece of paper and sit down at a table with them, use the same color pencils, and do the same thing and After that, we'll kind of walk around and we'll share it with partners and I notice that my mood has been a lot better like it's not that the school days have been easier because you know I still have challenging behavior still have your usual um challenges That's throughout it. the day, but being able to sit down for those 10 minutes and pick out the things that made you feel happy and to feel gratitude and to share it with my students. And also to know that my students felt happy throughout the day too. It's made a huge difference in how I leave the school because I Mm. used to just, you know, after a hard day I would leave and feel like crying and then just go home and cry and it would just snowball. And then my whole evening would be gone. But Mm. even taking those 10 minutes, um, To have that reflection time with my students and think, like, oh, there were good moments today. I should be grateful for them. My students felt happy today. I did something that made them happy. Like, I feel successful now. Whereas, you know, before you would just think about the horrible things that happened and ruminate on them and feel like, oh no, like, no kids are having fun. I'm failing as a teacher. Like, but it only takes 10 minutes. It's those small things that you could do. Like you yeah. have to prioritize and make space for it, not just for your students, but also for yourself.
0: That's right. Like a gratitude journal is something mm-hmm. that I recommend for people because you need to find the happy things or, you know, or something that makes you happy each day. And once you start doing that, then it's easy to look for them and it's easier to find them. And that lifts your mood and it makes it, it, makes it better. And if you do it like you say, doing it with your kids in the class, that's a perfect way then for them to feel happy as well when they leave school at the end of the day and that's mm-hmm. really good for them but it's good for yeah you're saying it's good for you and it is it's really good for you we often sit around in a circle and do that and just we just talk about what made you happy for the day mm-hmm. we do like we do like sharing circle so we just yes. all sit there and work out what what we were happy for or another another good one that i really like is where you do the sharing circle and whoever you're sitting next to you go around in the circle and you have to say um, a nice thing about person sitting next to you and I do that with all the kids as well and they all have to go and say something nice to you know about the person sitting next to them which is really nice because it makes you feel good and it makes them feel good so anything yeah. that can boost your mood is great
1: mm-hmm. and I love things like that because I feel like self-care for teachers and then what's best for students are usually considered like on opposite sides. of the spectrum like either you do what's best for the students or you take care of yourself as a teacher but there's so many ways that they can be intertwined through smaller moments like that like the sharing circles and gratitude journals and like taking time to reflect with your students like they can go hand in hand and they should go in hand in hand because happy teachers make for happy students with better outcomes but yeah we're not prioritizing them like we should be doing more things like this
0: yeah i know so that's why we have to do it for ourselves Mm -hmm. so because no one else is going to do it for us, so we have to take we have to take control. We we have to take our own agency and do that. You know, we have to write our own stories because yeah, it's not going to come from anyone else. Mm-hmm. Which is another reason why I did the retreats as well because no, the schools and things aren't, aren't doing it very well. Um, it's only five minutes here and there, and it's not enough. You need something that's going to give you strategies that you can take with you. That's what I found with some of the. The well being things that you do at school, the strategy, you can't take the strategies away and use them. They're not, they're too hard. You need small things, just little things. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Have you found Ch- that there are other people or a lot of other programs who are doing something similar to teachers' retreats? Or are you kind of the one who's pushing this new, I guess, this new way of having teachers rejuvenate themselves and think about mental health and well being?
0: There are there are, in here in Australia there are a couple um, that that do it, but it's more um, it's more professional development when you have the in-service days at school. You know when you have the kids aren't there and you get all the teachers together. It's more those sorts of things, and often you can't often you can't take it away from there, I suppose because it's only one day. You're usually in the school setting, so you you haven't left school anyway. And I think for me anyway, when you, when you do it at school like that, you actually can't separate yourself. You can't – this is personally for me not being able to take yourself out of the school because you're still there. So mentally you can't take yourself away either. So to do things like that makes it really hard. Or if you're not at school, you're in some big you know, conference room somewhere. So you're still sort of stuck in four walls and you don't really get a, a good practice at how to do it you've only got one day, you go through all the theory and then you have a bit of a practice. It's not enough. So, you know, six nights away where you can actually practice it each and every day. It makes it a little bit easier then to embed into your daily life. But there's a, there are a couple of others, but it's mainly, yeah, it's mainly just for your service days and at schools.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they do, it for, they do it for the students as well as the teachers, which is okay. good too.
1: Yeah. Kind of chuckling out what you're saying about how, what they teach them in, like, professional development rooms and, like, four walls isn't great for learning because I'm like, this is exactly how we talk about teaching students. And it's (laughs) it's crazy how, you know, like, everyone who's giving these PDs and saying this stuff and trying to teach teachers, they've been teachers too, yet somehow all of the things that we try and do for our students with, like, multiple (laughs) modes of learning, like, spiraling skills – having more at bats and being able to put it into practice in different settings and generalize that we're not doing that for the things that, yeah, like we're not trying to do that for the things we're teaching our teachers, especially when it comes to mental health. And it's, I think it's just so funny because, you know, we are teachers. We should know how to teach the people who are, you know, training us have been in our same shoes and know all of this, but it's, we're just not, I think in the end, like we have things that we know are best for students. And we're putting them into practice the best that we can. And then when it comes to doing something for teachers, we throw everything that we know out the window and then give them a packet. We're like, here you go. Um, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just, it's so ironic. (laughs) I know,
0: it is. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, And that's not how you learn best. You know, sitting in a room with that horrible styrofoam paneled walls, Is not how we learn. You learn by doing, so you have to actually go out and do it. And Mm -hmm. you're right; you do it in different situations because you have to have that transfer of learning. Otherwise, you might just, you know, throw it all away. Because if you don't have the transfer of learning, you haven't really learned.
1: Mm -hmm. So, in a way, then you're kind of pioneering this new movement and having teachers step out of the classroom and take care of themselves. How are you feeling about, I guess, this new beginning for yourself?
0: Really excited, actually. Really excited about it. Um, I'm looking forward to it um, and because it's, all, it's the culmination of everything I do for me now and just giving, that, giving the skills and the tools and the strategies to other people so that they can help themselves to and feel better. And for me, that's really exciting because that's what teaching is about. It's not about just taking something and keeping it for yourself and not telling anybody. It's getting it out there. It's getting the message out there that you can do it um, and this is something that's for you. And that's the other thing I suppose too. That's another reason why I'm excited about it. It's because it's giving teachers the chance to take control of their own feelings and their own well-being and we need to do that. I mean I'm sure a lot of other professions need to do that as well but Yeah, you're right. The ones where you're a caregiver and you're in those caring roles, you really need to take care of yourself. So otherwise you just stress out. Mm -hmm. Stress and burn out too quickly, as I've found out and as you found out.
1: Yes. (laughs) I like that that you said um, we're kind of giving teachers control because I feel like so many teachers don't feel like they have permission to take care of themselves or that they even Mm -hmm. have the agency to do so. I know right. I felt that way where I thought this is just the reality. I, it, it's just a struggle all the time. I'm always going to be tired. This is just what teaching is. And, you know, I I can't really do anything about it. It's just going to be hard. And I didn't know that I had permission to take a day off if I needed to or that I had the ability to check out and leave the house and leave the school and do something for myself. Um but, we're not, you, know, you know, exactly. So okay. mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: No one says that you should. No one says go and do it. You need to do this. No one says go away and, you know, don't do any marking this weekend or, you know, don't do any planning this weekend. Just go away and do something for you. It's not, it's not encouraged, I find.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that what
0: you, you find as well? It's not actually actively encouraged?
1: Um, I would say that kind of like what you said, people will say it, but they don't follow through on it. And, you know, there will be people who are saying, oh, no, like, don't do work when you get home as they lug home a big bag full of papers to grade, you know. (laughs) They're like, no, 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 take care of yourself. But then you see everyone else taking these things home and sending emails in the evenings and doing work on the weekends and going in over break. And they always say that you shouldn't do it, but you feel pressured to because – People aren't setting that precedent. You, They're still, you know, they might be telling you to take care of yourself, but they might not be taking care of themselves. And then especially as a newer teacher, you think, oh, so maybe I, like, this is the expectation. People will say that I should take care of myself, but really, you know, I see everyone going into work, so I should do the same. Mm. Mm-hmm. And there I was, I it. had, yeah, sorry. I had like one manager, one principal who, or assistant principal, who, really pushed me to work towards sustainability. And I think she had a really big impact on me because she was my direct manager. She was the one who was always giving me feedback and supporting me. And she told me in the middle of my first year, she told me she was worried about me because I was staying at work so late And the first time that she saw me walk out before 5 p.m., she was like, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) You did it. And I was like, I did do it. I'm leaving work early. (laughs) I'm leaving before five. I only stayed one extra hour. And she was like, I'm so proud of you. You go, girl. (laughs) But like, you need someone like that to push you and like also set an example, though, not just say it, but actively do what they're preaching.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's and if and then you get other you get other managers, you know, your line managers or the other leadership in the school. And the culture is that they want everyone to stay and work really long hours. So you're guilted into doing that, and it shouldn't be like that. I mean, you've got your hours that you work. As soon as you're finished, go. you finish, go. And if you need to go, go. You know, it's you shouldn't be pressured into working and staying at school and working all weekend because that's the expectation, because it shouldn't be the expectation. And Mm. you need to take time for you. And even if you don't do anything on the weekend, like, you know, you take things home um, or you're doing planning on the weekend and everyone leaves it till Sunday night, but you're still thinking about it the whole weekend. So you really don't have any downtime because you're always thinking about it. So that, for me, taking that step away and when you're in Bali, especially because... When you go to a new country, you have to be present. Otherwise, you'll probably get run over or whatever. You have to be fully in the moment. And you want to anyway, so you experience everything. So physically getting away from school is a really good thing. It it relaxes you so much. So then all the other things can happen that you need to do to stay relaxed and not to feel that that pressure. Or if you do feel the pressure, to be able to handle it a lot better. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have any fears going into, I guess, this new journey or this new phase of your life in doing teacher's retreats? Yes. (laughs) Um, The fear that it won't work (laughs) the people won't feel
0: like they are relaxed or they perhaps won't feel like they've got their value out out of it because they haven't done the work when they've got home to keep themselves less stressed because when you're there it's easy not to be stressed it's it's when you go home that the work begins that you have to do it you know when you're there with a group it's easy because everyone's doing it you do it a bit like you know staying late at school everyone's doing it so you do it it's it's that kind of thing everyone needs to be social it but when you go home and you're doing it on your own it's different so that is my fear um that's my main fear of doing this
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um otherwise i'm actually pretty excited about it you
1: because, should be it's awesome <laughs> i love it, this idea
0: um and i suppose because i've got so much out of it i know that other people can too so mm-hmm. i'm ex- i am really excited to be doing it yeah and, it, and, and it'll it'll always be like as you know you're always learning so it'll always be evolving so it will never be exactly the same each one will always be a little bit different because you've got the dynamics different dynamics of people so nothing can be exactly the same so i'll have I've got so much material, but it's just be it be a broad to start with, and then we can, you know, as I do more, I can hone in exactly what people need. Or each each retreat will be a little bit different depending on the needs of the teachers who come on that retreat. Things like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it'll be a little bit different. Same, same, but different.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a lot more that the teachers could get, like not only the material that you're giving them and teaching them the strategies but also by bringing them all together, you'll be creating a community. And I think finding yeah. that community and being able to have those teachers hold you accountable for taking care of yourselves. Yep. Um, that's huge also. And it, I, yeah. like, I really hope that that's something that teachers will keep coming out of your retreats, like keeping those contacts that they've made and the friendships that they've made and that's being right. accountability partners with each other.
0: Yeah. that's And that's exactly what I want. So i I will start up a Facebook group, you know, a closed group just for the teachers who have been on the retreats so that, you know, you have each other's back, you know, you can give encouragement. It's all that. Yeah. It's that whole community thing. So that will be happening as well. So yes, that, and hopefully people will stay in contact. That's what I'm really hoping because that's Mm -hmm. what you need. You need that group. You need a community of people who have been, you know, going through the same things um, to understand you because I mean, Teachers understand teachers. Teachers understand the problems that teachers go through and the stresses that are on teachers. So it's good that if they're a little community, they can help each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. I feel like I've noticed it's really hard for people who have not taught before to really understand what I'm so stressed about and why yeah. I'm so tired all the time.
0: That's right. I mean, you're mm-hmm.
1: teaching five-year-old, they'd probably say. Could, what could be so hard? <laughs> yeah, it's like you're just teaching them one plus one and you're teaching them their letters. Yeah. What else are you doing? Oh, well, everything. <laughs> yeah. Teaching it's them right. how to be little yeah. humans, how to go to the bathroom, how to hold a pencil, how to talk, <laughs> everything. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's huge. It's a huge responsibility
1: mm-hmm.
0: that teachers have, I think, without, sometimes without a lot of support for themselves. So you have to make a support. You have to do that for yourself, which can be quite difficult, Mm
1: -hmm. I find. Oh, it's so hard to put yourself first.
0: (laughs) It is. It is really difficult, but you have to sometimes. Think about it. For some people, because it is so hard to put yourself first, you think about it in the terms of I'm doing this not for me, for my kids, because they'll have better outcomes if I'm less stressed. So Mm -hmm. put it in those terms and then it's, you're not doing something for yourself and you can do it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You got to manipulate the words a little bit because that's how I came to terms with it. That's how, that's how I started taking care of myself more. It wasn't in my head. It wasn't, you know, I'm doing this for myself and myself only. I did spin it a little bit so I could kind of ease that guilt that I had Mm. of not feeling selfish, but I'm like, Oh, I am. Not the best teacher when I'm feeling depressed and when I'm exhausted and burned out, and my students don't feel as happy. So I should do this for them. And then, you know, as a side benefit, like, oh, I'm also feeling a little better. That's good too. But mostly it's for my students. Yeah, exactly. It's for the kids. Yeah, that's a good way to spin it. As long as it's for the kids, people won't feel guilty doing
0: it. That's exactly right. Whatever it takes. It's whatever it takes,
1: because it's yeah, you have to do it.
0: But if yeah. you could, yeah, if you put that spin on it,
1: it's all good. <laughs> it's so sad that we have to do that. We have to convince ourselves that we should take care of ourselves. That's it's right. backwards. Mm-hmm.
0: It is. Yeah, it is. But that's the way it it is. That's the way we see it. That's the way it's been. That's where the system is that we have to work within. So if we have to say that that way, that's what we'll do.
1: Exactly. I'm so excited for teachers retreats. So your first trip is going to be in August.
0: I'm hoping so if I get people booking in August, I'm only just getting out there now. So if I get people in August, that'd be great. Otherwise, September is my first one.
1: Awesome. And I'll be be posting it
0: all over Instagram.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, how can we learn more about teachers retreats?
0: Um, I have a website, which Mm -hmm. is www.teachersretreats.com. Okay. And I'm on Instagram. So, and again, it's, my handle is at Teachers Retreats.
1: Awesome. And then do you have a Facebook? Yeah, Teachers Retreats again. Oh, easy. It's all the same. It's it's all the same. Yeah, "Yeah, it's all the same. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, I'm so excited for you to start going to Bali and taking other teachers on that journey with you. So am I. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. It'll, I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure there will be so many teachers who will be grateful for the vacation.
0: Well, that's right. And if, if nothing else, it's a getaway. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a vacation for them where they can just lie on the beach or by the pool and, you know, drink pina coladas.
1: Mm-hmm. And I know for me, like, even if I'm not going on it, just looking at it and knowing that there are teachers who are taking this time for themselves And who are prioritizing it, like that, sets an example for other teachers. Even if they're not going on this vacation, like seeing other people take care of themselves gives them a little more permission to do so as well.
0: That yeah, that's right. And it's it's sad that we need to that permission to do it for ourselves, but we do. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that that's what happens. I'm hoping that yeah, they give themselves. Teachers will give themselves permission just to you know slow down a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to share more about teacher's retreats and also putting yourself out there because it's scary to do something new like that, especially when not a lot of people have started anything like that. No, that's right. It's Mm -hmm. true. (laughs) It is a bit scary. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of courage. And thank you for doing that for our teachers.
0: Thank you for having me on the show. Yes. uh, I think all teachers need it. Mm -hmm.
1: And I've been asking everyone if you had to give any advice to a teacher who is struggling or might need a little more motivation, what would you tell them?
0: I would tell them to take some time out for themselves first, and then the motivation will come. Look after yourself first. Fill that cup. That would be mine. That would be mine. For a struggling teacher, that would be mine, definitely.
1: Thank you again for listening to Hashtag Teacher You can support this podcast by liking us on social media, sharing with your friends, and most importantly, by having more of these open and honest conversations with teachers around you. If you want to connect with Leanne and learn more about teachers' retreats, I'll leave her information in the show notes on teacherlifepod.com podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, You can go to teacherlifepod.com, click on Be a Guest, and fill out the form. I'd love to hear and share your stories as well. And if you have any feedback or would just like to chat, you can always find me on Facebook or Instagram at teacherlifepod. I'm Victoria Wong, and remember, teachers, your voice is important, you deserve to be heard, and you are absolutely enough. See you next time.